<laughs> Start with a whistle. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Be Now. Today is a special episode because uh, I'm sitting down with Jen and we are going to kind of unpack this uh, new course that we're offering starting October. Yay! Hello! <laughs> and so the course is titled uh, The Journey Within. And some of you may have seen the poster. Um, and yeah, it's just this kind of a process for inner healing, inner transformation, and connection with the body and, and soul, really, right? Yes. Yes, super excited for this course. And hopefully we can break down to you guys what it is about. Mm -hmm. So there is a kind of a structure. So it is six weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of uh, framed it so that people are engaged throughout the whole six-week process. Yes. And we kind of organize it between, um, so there's journaling, there's mindfulness, yoga nidra, and movement, movement, movement therapy. therapy. Yeah. Yes, there's four elements, four parts, four different kind of tools we're going to use throughout this practice, throughout this whole course. And I think it's a very cool combination. It's a very I've never seen anything like this before, yeah. So it's interesting that we're doing this. <laughs> yes, so I know it's a crazy experimental, yeah. but also extremely exciting project. It's focused, yeah. Mm. So I guess we can break down like the four parts of the course. Mm. I suppose you can begin with mindfulness. Which sure. is the one yeah, that people, people probably are most familiar with out of the four, I suppose. Uh -huh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mindfulness is just commitment to what is. Not the way we like things to be, but the way things are now. Mm. And just elevating that sense of awareness in the present moment just naturally quiets the mind and rewires the brain. I mean, there's actually, like, there's this, there's this famous six-week study done at Harvard. Like, people doing mindfulness meditation for, for 20 minutes for six weeks. And they, you know, measure their brain activity and the part of their memory center, the hippocampus, actually formed new neural tissue mm, just wow. by sitting down and doing nothing. Right? <laughs> um, it's interesting because the essence of it is doing nothing, right? Yeah. If you ask people to do nothing in a room, yeah. their bodies are just there, not doing anything. But the mentally, there's the habitual patterns going on, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you can learn to focus it... Um, in an intentional way, as a tune with sensation, which is the root of all emotions we have. You know, things begin to uh, just change. Mm, yeah, I love mindfulness practice. I think one aspect of mindfulness that I really love is the non-judgmental part. Because mm. we are judging all the time of what's happening, or judging ourselves if we're good or bad. And we almost can't help to label everything we see because I suppose it helps us to understand but a lot of times it's really not helpful <laughs> and it's causing a lot of negative feelings negative patterns and looping you know mm. I think I heard um, a data that we have about 60,000 70,000 thoughts every day and 70% of them are repeating right. are the same thoughts that we keep having every day so I think I see mindfulness as being right. like start to be aware and mm. stop wasting all this mental energy that we actually have can invest into other things instead of looking at this pattern and repeating mm. on this loop. Yeah, yeah. If we can intercept some of those 
repeating thought, just some of them, right? Yeah. What change that can bring. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And so the other part is uh, journaling. <laughs> Uh, so I'm doing the two parts and you're doing the other two parts. Yes. So my other part <laughs> is journaling and, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going back to the research, um, people who do expressive writing mm. or drawing, you know, and measuring their sense of stress before and after, you know, they do these group studies, control studies, and there's a lowered sense of stress when people are focused you know, in the present moment with some activity, it doesn't require thinking, right? It's just a therapeutic release. And on top of that, um, you know, like you're saying, this judgmental loops that we have, yeah. um, by examining them, like, you know, the past, present, and the future, you know, these stories that we tell us, you know, the brain is a storytelling factory, yeah. <laughs> right? And so when we begin to examine it, um, not to set expectations or judgments, but to simply examine and notice, you know, and just that awareness, right? That light of awareness. Oh, yeah. Awareness is a key is word. Sufficient. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what's your kind of experience with journaling? Uh, yeah, since I was a teen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think some might know my story. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, speech impediment, low self-confidence, you know, yeah. depression, anxiety. Um, yeah, the whole list. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh my god, I feel you. In, I feel you. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. I just want everybody to know if you're feeling those things, you're not alone. It's so important to know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I think it was one of the most important things that I'm not alone. So, yeah. so in my teens, I um, I had I started this journal and I just you know just writing my feelings, my thoughts, and like it was that place where I could just express myself yeah. without judgment. You know, that space. I think you talk a lot about space and just, yeah. mm -hmm. just when you allow yourself that space. Because you know, without it, how else could you like begin the work? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was um, yeah, kind of a necessity just to kind of uh, hear my voice, you know. Um, and instead of letting it be drowned by external forces, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've just been writing ever since. Um, a lot of short stories and essays and yeah, just, I just enjoy the release of, of the written word. Yeah. Mm. And do you think it should be a daily practice or do you think you just follow your intuition maybe and see how it goes? Yeah. How, yeah. Would, you, how would you incorporate it in the course? Mm. <laughs> so it could be every week, um, yeah. just a small exercise and writing, um, your intentions yeah. or your goals and sometimes you don't even write our goals or intentions you know that's true <clears throat> yeah I believe there's a power when you put pen to paper when you actually write it down there's um, a stronger energy almost <clears throat> you're setting it into bring it into the material space because mm. before you write it down it's it's a thought mm. it's a different form and when it's on paper you can see it you can read it it's actually a different experience. Mm. We don't think about it so much that mm. way, but energetically speaking, it is very different. You're more determined, you're more connected to mm. the idea. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I, I've been journaling since I was a child as well, but I never thought of it like, you know, I never used it as a healing modality, but somehow it is. And with all the research, with all the new understandings we have now, it's like becoming a tool, but before you're just kind of doing it for fun, you're not really thinking about it too much. Mm. Same for me as with dance, so I didn't think of it as healing, but it was healing without me knowing. 
and I think that's just awesome. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm really, I'm really excited for the journaling part because I've never been kind of guided to journal. I've always been so free flowing and just write whatever down. But I recently start to find having journal prompts really helpful, like to ask the right questions. I think the journaling is the most, the key part, the most key part of the journaling is asking the right questions. Mm. So guiding your attention to the things that you need to work on, the things that are really almost provoking, <laughs> almost like... Deserve attention. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think it's going to be very revealing because mm. we have to start to be aware. Yeah, and you know, the thing with writing, it's such a fun process, like <clears throat> just taking track of just the, like the small things that happen throughout the day, like um, that you don't even notice is a big deal. Like, for example, I, um, I went, so, you know, I sometimes have this shyness about and anxiety, like these years ago, I went into this grocery store and I like you know when you're when you're shy you know your whole focus is to is to avoid interaction <laughs> that's the entire strategy that's yeah. like you win the game <laughs> and so I go into this and I'm looking for a basket and I uh, I, look, I ask the teller the cashier I say is there a, like, very quiet because she's busy you know ringing people up I'm very quiet I'm like is there a basket just mouthing to her you know not trying to get too much attention and she mouths back to me and she's like, okay, can we get her a basket? And she announces it to everyone, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but it's just funny, like these funny moments yeah. um, where you just don't even notice they're fun until you write, get in the habit of writing these stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think it creates a space for reflection. Because mm. we, I, I always say this in my yoga class, like we don't digest enough in this current world. We don't digest our food properly. We don't digest our thoughts properly. And we don't digest our emotions properly. So when you don't digest things, it's almost like sitting in your body, sitting inside your stomach, and it's not, it's not going. It's not circulating. Mm. And I think writing is a really great way to dump all the crap that we need to dump. And a lot of people call it like mind dump in the morning, morning pages, and you just let it out. Like mm. No one is watching. No one is judging. Let all the especially the crappy thoughts, especially the negative thoughts, you mm -hmm. have to get them out of your system and mm -hmm. then get on with your day in a more positive perspective. Yeah, with, with a longing for like the, an honest expression. Mm. I think Ernest Hemingway has that line is like, like a complete day is when you've written an honest sentence. Oh. You know, like, that's like, what else, what could be better than that? <laughs> you know? Wow. Cool, I guess will bring me to the next modality next tool i love this because i feel like this is an amazing course for people who want to start to get any kind of inner awareness also to taste this kind of four different tools we have to explore themselves and it's super diverse and this is one thing that i think this course is so amazing <laughs> and for me i begin with movement therapy if anybody kind of knows me they should know i think I was healed by dance without realizing it. I, I was also very depressed at that time and very shy since I was a child. And it's people don't believe it now because maybe they see me in this light of, 
I don't know, the things I post for moments, coming to my yoga class, coming to my workout sessions. It's a lot of energy. Like people think, assume that I've always been open, I've always been extroverted or, you know, they can't believe I was depressed because it doesn't seem like that anymore. But honestly, I personally think we just cannot tell from the look. A lot of depressed people is just behind the doors, you know, behind closed doors and they shut them off. And that's what I think this course is so cool because I want to bring people out together. And like I said, nobody's alone. Like no matter what you're experiencing, you're not alone. So for me, movement therapy is basically healing through the body. And when we move our body, it's actually connected to the mental. It's connected mm. to even the spiritual aspects of our being. I mean, the simplest example is, what would you imagine a confident person to look like? You will see a person with bigger body language, standing taller, spine straight, looking up. If you imagine a person with low self-esteem, you can already see that person in your mind that's slouching, that's playing small, that kind of always choose a seat in the corner and don't want to be seen. So we actually communicate so much through our body without realizing probably much more than verbal, right? I think you know this, like mm. 70% or 80% is nonverbal mm. out of our communication. So also touching back to your point of creativity and expressing yourself, that's just naturally, naturally healing. But then the process is to break down the walls because dance is, make people so uncomfortable sometimes. If you ask a person to dance, they'd be like, I cannot dance. That's just what they're going to say and they will refuse. I'm not going to dance. But dance therapy is very different from a dance class because it's not about learning choreography. It's not about mm. being better, being good at dance. It's about moving your body, mm. moving your body the ways you never moved before. Mm. And there could be emotions stored in your body and certain parts are really tight in people. And sometimes, of course, it can be physical, but it also can be emotional. Like people who tend to carry a lot of weight, carry a lot of responsibilities, and maybe a lot of tension in your mind, also tend to have very tight shoulders. Shoulders and neck are like a typical area for people to store a lot of tension. And so through moving the body, we create self-awareness and we create connection to our body. And inevitably, you create a deeper connection with your non-physical side mm. of yourself, mm. you know. And I like what you said about mm. like not needing to, <clears throat> like when we're dancing or moving, and you know, um, don't not needing to have expectations about being like a mm. dancer or anything. Yeah. Like in the yeah. field of art therapy, like the, one of the core principles is like it's low skill, high <laughs> sensitivity, right? Ah. Low skill, high sensitivity. Nice. And so yeah, yeah. just being attuned with what what's happening. Yeah. Uh, you almost in a way, because I want to create this incredibly safe space where you just honestly don't give a damn about what people think mm -hmm. anymore. You know, people have come into this course who can, came to this room. We are under this kind of mutual agreement that there's no judgment in this room. There's no comparison in this room. And I see you as who you are and you are allowed to be exactly who you are and move even if it doesn't look good even if it's not like pretty or whatever, because that's not the point. Honestly, I almost want you to get as ugly as possible. I want you to do weird movements 
and that's kind of the fun because then you realize I actually can do this mm. like we have to challenge our comfort zone we have to challenge what's normal for us and that's I think that's when healing happens because if you stay in this place of comfort stay in this space where uh, you think you should and should not we kind of want to break down all the should and shouldn't mm. Mm. and here everything is okay yeah and that's basically when healing happens I honestly believe in holding space so much I think when you hold the space and say it's okay whatever you're going through whatever you want to express is okay and then boom <laughs> I feel like magic happens mm -hmm. yeah it was stretching the range of play yeah play is super important I always say like as children you just play there's no reason and children can be so happy without justification it doesn't have to be anything great or they don't naturally compare and judge and I see that as saying that the essence of who we are as people were seeing when we were children so we can always tap into that again through these practices and integrate it with adulthood yeah absolutely yeah yeah which is important yeah for sure and so this will be yeah this will be a cool part of the course to bring yes. it all together yes yeah, yeah. and the final part is definitely I don't know the most mystical <laughs> part people don't really know about it enough it's called yoga nidra and yoga nidra has been practiced since like 5,000 years ago in India so it's like a deep meditation and in Sanskrit Sanskrit nidra means sleep so people call it yogic sleep or the yoga of sleep because it is about going into your subconscious because all the conscious things all the thoughts and the mind they are running on the surface but what's truly governing our life is your subconscious <laughs> is what the things that we don't realize and even when I say you have 70% of thoughts are the same you're repeating them people of course will go like no way that's not possible like I don't do that <laughs> maybe other people sound like that not me but it's true but because we're unaware we are we're not paying enough attention and maybe sometimes we have this ego identity that we want to protect and that we don't want to admit that's how we are right now and so yoga nidra as well as dance movement the idea is almost to bypass the mind <laughs> you want to quiet the mind allow the mind to like give something for the mind to do so here maybe we're lying down just focus on your breath maybe we scan our body that's almost like a task to just keep the mind busy so it doesn't so it doesn't create all the noise doesn't get loud same way as moving your body you actually just want to bypass the mind you want to come back to the body come back to the deeper another aspect of yourself instead of just the thoughts mm -hmm. so through yoga nidra it really is tapping into this space where your brain is quiet but you are sinking down deep into hopefully a theta, theta brainwave mm -hmm. state it's very similar to hypnosis but it's more like the eastern relative of hypnosis yeah so hypnosis is probably got popular in the self-improvement movement back in I don't know maybe how how long time ago 50s 70s around that hippie 
area mm. but um, there is a deep evolution between the east and the west when the nidra was brought to us it kind of incorporates all the science all the psychology studies and then it kind of got back and forth between west and east so now it's becoming this asian practice with a little modern scientific research backing it up mm. as well so you what you're doing is if you have done yoga it's like lying shavasana for a more extended period of time and you're supported by like pillows and covered by blankets and here you're just completely relaxed in this guided meditation hopefully tapping into a really really deep peaceful healing space where mm. your mind is like completely off experience. cutting star it's very mystical and I have experienced it a couple of times and honestly it just feels like everything melts away and you're in this space of extraordinary peace and joy which I believe is the essence of what we are is the it's this is a space deep inside us we can always tap back into I'm not saying every moment in your life you can be completely blissful and joyful that if that's the case it's also kind of boring so but you have to have this place and this practice to come back to whenever you feel like you need it and yeah and Nidra is really, truly pressing a pause in your life. So you're here, you're truly just resting deep, deep, deep relaxation. Yeah, even in the, in the <laughs> your yoga classes, yeah. like in the Shavasana pose, and it's just like, mind is going, it's like, you're, it's like you're, I'm dreaming, but I'm aware also. It's like, uh, is this, so with uh, Yoga Nidra, is it kind of like astral, play, astral travel, is that? <laughs> I don't know enough about astral travel to say that, I but either. I think it's connected. <laughs> I think it's very similar experience. You can, I think you can use many different language to describe the same thing, and people will connect with different languages. And it really is just feel like the personality completely drops. The personality is the ego. The personality is the thoughts the labels, the identifications. And when we let go of that completely, you realize everything really just is. <laughs> that's all, everything is the way it is, and that's perfect. And when you come to that realization, it really is almost like a taste of enlightenment. That's how I would call it. It's like a glimpse of what enlightenment is like. Because for normal people, just have a taste is enough. Having a taste is like, you can't unsee what you've seen. You can't ignore what you've experienced. That's what I always say. If you just give it a little time, give it a little consistency, and once you taste it, you can never forget. You can never say, go back to the same, I don't know, the rat race of modern life anymore because you just know it's not true. It's not what really, really deeply matters. And that would probably incorporate and integrate the whole course together to tap into the subconscious mind. Yeah. So to bring it all together, um, you know, one of my favorite metaphors of the mind is that it's like a garden. Yeah. And we're planting seeds and watching the fruit grow, you know? And so with this whole course, I feel like um, just planting seeds of consciousness. That's kind of the whole goal, right? Yeah. And helping people to become more attuned and connected moment by moment mm -hmm. and the gift that brings to a relationship oh yeah yeah oh <laughs> I think all relationships 
start from the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. Almost like every other relationship is a mirror. Every relationship is a mirror. And you have to see that it's a reflection of who you are. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard to see what you don't like as a part of you. <laughs> mm. But it's true. You have to step back. Yeah. Awareness is everything. And I hope, if anything, this course can provide is actually awareness from physical awareness to mental awareness and hopefully energetic and spiritual awareness of mm. what your deepest essence is. And yeah. to becoming the life that you are. Oh, <laughs> yes.